0: This is the Find Your Focus podcast with Shootproof. We chat with inspiring and creative entrepreneurs to encourage, empower, and equip you to take the next steps in your photography business. We want you to leave each episode with actionable steps so that you can gain confidence, book your calendar, and earn more income with your passion. So grab some coffee or your drink of choice, and let's get to it. everyone, I'm Logan Faye and the host of the Find Your Focus podcast with ShootProof. Today I'm talking to Michelle Harris, who is a photographer and educator who has built several successful photography businesses. Something that I love about this interview is that Michelle not only explains how to stand out in a saturated market, but she goes over reasons why you might be getting ghosted and not booking as many clients as the photographer next door. She gives us practical tips and tricks to figure out how to fix the problem. She also has some great pricing tips for us and goes over how to handle the stress of raising your prices. So let's get started. Michelle, thank you so much for joining me today. Of course. Thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit about how you got into photography. Uh, Well, I got
1: into photography because I wanted a side hustle. Mm-hmm. I was an insurance agent and I was like, Oh, you know, this would be cool if I could just make some money on the side. And it just took off like, <laughs> like none other. So I gave myself like a year to, to quit my job. And I quit in 10 months. I mean, I did originally want to be a newborn photographer, which was an epic fail. <laughs> like epic thing on. I bought all the things like a big bean bag and all the little like things you put on their heads and all the little things and I hated every second of it. Like <laughs> I hated it, but I did my brother's wedding and it was just like in the backyard, but I was obsessed and never really looked back.
0: Isn't that so funny how you find that one part of photography that you're really into and it just it just makes your heart happy.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. It makes such a huge difference in your life. You can't go back.
0: <laughs> For sure. Yes. I have tried weddings and it's just not something that I can get into, but give me newborns and I am there all day. So it's so funny how, you know, just different types of photography speak to different people. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. I mean, and also over the years, people have changed what part of weddings they like. So they end up, some start out with elopements and they're like, oh, well, we love, you know, more family involved. So they get bigger weddings and then some people do the opposite. And, It just
0: ranges and changes and you just got to go with the flow. Yes, for sure. So what did you do before photography? I was an insurance agent. So not in the photography world at all before.
1: Not even a little bit, but I do think that company that I worked for, because I learned a lot that I was able to bring into my business from it because I was on the phone for three years at this company, just customer service, customer service, all the things. And so I learned really how to respond to people to make them feel heard, even when you're going to tell them No. And different things like that. And then also the last two years that I've worked there, I was an insurance agent that was on the internet. And so they would say, hey, I want to make this change and I'd have to write an email. And I learned a lot about commas and semicolons and things that like I had long forgotten about, wasn't worried about, and just the proper way to write an email. So both of those things I use in my business today. So I'm really grateful that I went through that before becoming a photographer.
0: I love hearing that because I was in a Facebook group the other day and someone said, I feel like I've wasted X amount of years of my life doing something else. And now I'm in photography and it's great, but I feel like I had so many years wasted. And I feel like that time is never wasted. There's always something that you can apply from your previous job to your photography business. Absolutely. I used to stupidly
1: really, really, really compare myself all the time to my friend, Hope Taylor. When I first started, she's like 12, which is like what? like twenty? or something now but at the time she was like 19 20 she couldn't even drink and i yeah. was like i don't understand why i can't be as productive she is and like constantly like oh she's doing this or she's doing that And i can't keep up and it's was like well michelle like you're not that young and you have kids like, <laughs> exactly you can't, your, you can't compare
0: your journey like it's not gonna be the same <laughs> so like,
1: over time and it, it's an important lesson to learn
0: yeah. That's so funny that you mentioned that. Cause we had her on, I believe it was episode five of the podcast and I follow her on Instagram and I always think, Oh my gosh, how is she doing it all? But then again, like, I'm like, I have two kids. I have a two-year-old and a three-year-old. <laughs> like, you have to give yourself credit.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it, it's something I had to like tell myself multiple times over the last almost six years I've been doing this now, you know, she had started years before that. And I was just like, I'm never gonna do all these things but you know what even Caitlin James who I looked up to when I first started was like oh you gotta blog every day you gotta do this every day you gotta do all this now she got like three kids and she's not saying all that no more (laughs) (laughs) things have changed and I think
0: she realized like yeah
1: I don't think you actually can blog (laughs) you know that often and you figure
0: it out Exactly. So we are going to chat about two things today, booking clients and pricing. So to start, we all know that the photography industry is a very saturated industry. So if someone comes to you and says, why is everyone booking clients except me? How do you respond to that? The first thing I'd say is,
1: first of all, you shouldn't even know what other people are doing.
0: (laughs) Like you shouldn't even know, oh,
1: you know, this person over here has this many of this person, like stop paying attention. like, obviously they're bothering you because you're not focused on yourself and what you're, so that's just step one. But then also there's got to be something wrong within the process. So it doesn't mean that like it's always like the exact same thing or you're not doing this, or you're not doing that. But like you can be attracting people, but attracting the wrong people because you're not putting the right thing out. And then you get them in and they're like, oh, I can't afford it. you know, And then you think you're too expensive. So like it just goes around like in a circle in a circle. There could be a lot of different things that are wrong. And it's not just like, oh, well, obviously it's this. Like, not something that everyone is not doing or doing. There's something you have to look deep into your company and figure out what is working and where people are stopping in your process. Are they not even inquiring? Are they inquiring and then ghosting you? Or like what's happening?
0: So, what steps would you have that person take to try to figure out why they're not booking clients? They have to figure
1: out where people are stopping in their process. So, like if they're saying, oh, you know, I'm doing all of this on Instagram and I'm putting all this out and not getting anything. Okay, well, maybe try something different or, you know, maybe you're getting inquiries and then they are literally disappearing after. Maybe you're not responding to them correctly. Are you sending them email? Are you picking up the phone? What are you doing? And then if they get past that, is it when you send your pricing guide? And are you giving them pricing before you really talk to them? Like, you got to dissect your business and figure out where it's going wrong so that you can fix it.
0: Mm -hmm. So many photographers will say, you know, I'm not booking anything. I'm so frustrated, but I feel like they don't do what you just explained. They don't deep dive into, well, what is actually causing clients to ghost you or just kind of fall off once you start talking to them or just not even reach out in the first place.
1: Right, or they might even get through the whole process and you know get all your information, and even maybe you're getting on them, on them on the phone and then they're choosing someone else. That may be your pricing structure isn't right because, like, somewhere in here, someone's offering something that they wanted or makes a little bit more sense, or maybe it was easier to figure out. Some people are out here with like a la carte, like, oh, just how many, how many hours and then I'll add this and I'll add that. And it's a lot of work for clients. And maybe they went to someone else who was like, here are my three options and they picked one. So there's a lot of different things that you got to figure out.
0: Definitely. So say someone is getting a lot of inquiries, but then are ghosted after they reply. What advice do you have for people in that situation?
1: My first thing I tell people is to pick up the phone and call them. So as soon as you get an inquiry, just call them, especially like if you're not like super busy when it comes in, people are okay with getting a phone call immediately. Like, it's like if you had an issue and something was working, you submitted something online, you're like, all right, they'll get back to me in a couple of days, but they called you and were like, Hey, I have a solution to your problem. Then you would be like, Oh my God, this company is incredible. The same thing is going to happen when this bride is like, Hmm, I wonder, you know, what this person's about, what their pricing is. Let me just go ahead and send this over. And you call them within like an hour or two, they're like, oh my God, like this person is really about their business. And then you have to know what to say, which is why I have a phone script. So that is helpful if you know what to say, but starting off with just calling is huge because even if they pick up the phone and right now is not a good time to talk, say they like inquired why they were working or something like that, then they'll still remember that you called and say, oh, you know, oh, like." you know, now's not a good time. And you just say, okay, no problem. I'm gonna send you an email. Just look out for it. They'll still remember that you touched them. Like that's like a touch point. So even when you go further, like in your process, they will read your emails with a little bit more cheer than anyone else because they heard you be like, oh yeah, no problem. You know, I'll talk to you at this time. You know, I'll send this email over. Then they'll remember that over anybody else who sends them an email.
0: I 100% agree with that. I feel like a lot of people are so hesitant to pick up the phone these days because texting and emailing is really everyone's preference. Do you have any advice for people that are just like, I am terrified to pick up the phone and call. I know that you've obviously you've worked in insurance. You said that that has helped you a lot. So what advice do you have for people that are just like, I don't want to do that? Well, I mean, I think the first thing that they need to know, like I can't give my whole phone script
1: out, but like the first thing to know when you get on the phone is to just ask questions about them and just keep asking and just keep asking like, okay, great. Like, yes, you said that, you know, in your inquiry that you've been engaged for two years and you met in high school, but like, tell me, how did you get engaged? And then like that makes them like, oh, yeah, like that gets them into telling stories. And then they're just talking. You're just asking questions. They're answering. Even if you're barely saying anything, them talking makes them feel like you like you have more of a connection. Even if you're just saying, oh, like you know, what about your wedding colors? Like what colors did you pick? And they're like, oh, I picked sage and just white and greenery or whatever. And you're like, oh, my God, that's beautiful. I love classic. Like you don't have to say much. But if you just ask them questions about themselves, that gets them talking and gets both of you comfortable and you know where to go from there.
0: Definitely. I also feel like once you get over that initial fear of picking up the phone, it gets so much easier. So pick up the phone, call your clients. And then I promise like by the first or second time, it will be so much easier. And that fear kind of fades away.
1: Absolutely. It really only takes like one or two times to get on the phone with someone. But I mean, my phone script does go from the beginning all the way to the end of exactly what to say to book on the phone,
0: but just getting started, just ask some questions. Where can our listeners find that phone script if they are interested in purchasing it?
1: It's on my website. It's just mharrishustlers.com. It's my education website.
0: Okay, perfect. And we will link that in the show notes for everyone listening as well, because phone scripts... I have some for my business that I use for like newborns. It helps so much just to have that kind of on the side as you're talking to your clients. And it helps reduce the stress (laughs) where you're like, I don't know what to say next. It helps so much with that. Off the same, you know, realm of not booking clients or getting ghosted. I feel like it goes right along with pricing. Many photographers will look at what other people in their area are charging and base their pricing off of that. (laughs) Can you give our listeners some insight on why they should not do that and kind of where to start with pricing? Yes. So first things
1: first, let me start with saying that I am the most expensive person in like a 50 mile radius of where I live. I do market to like DC area, but I live an hour South of DC. So like where I technically live if i think if i looked up the average it would be like 2500 3000 i started 6000 so like i don't know what it is cuz i've never looked it up and you shouldn't be looking it up either <laughs> you shouldn't be worried about what, what anybody else is, is doing and charging you have to charge what makes sense for your business period what i recommend always is to be more expensive and then have a sale or have discounts or whatever it is but don't start out like oh well you know i'm just start if you don't feel like you can charge $1500 then you shouldn't be charging. Because like, I feel like that's like the bare minimum of where you should start when you're just getting into things, step one. So if you're like, oh, I'm just going to do $500. Like if, if you don't feel like you can charge $1,500, just do it for free and just build your portfolio. Those are my first steps. And then if you're feeling like you're in between like two and 3,000 and you're getting ghosted all the time, then you should probably raise your prices, period. Or if you're getting weddings that you're not in love with, raise your prices and be more expensive and just have sales. Like I'm literally having a sale right now for my associate company, 50% off. Now I have a catch and I'm making them pay full price. Like they have to pay it in full in order to get the 50% off right now. But either way, I have up my prices for that company so that I could slash it at 50% and still make a profit. I'm not saying that's exactly what everyone should go do, but be more expensive and then have sale. <laughs> but you can't do that. <laughs>
0: I love it. I feel like pricing is something that is just kind of tricky to figure out, especially when you're first starting out. So talking about raising your prices, what advice do you have for people who want to raise their prices, but are scared to do so?
1: It is incredibly easy to raise your prices. All it takes is for you to go into your investment guide and put the cursor next to the number and delete a number and put a new number. (laughs) It is really that simple. To announce it, you don't have to do a hey, guys, this is gonna happen, hurry up. But you don't have to tell anybody, you just change your prices. Now, if you're wanting to help to have them structured, I feel like pricing is not like a one size fits all period because people want to offer different things and other things are more important to other people than others, like albums and bridal sessions that is regional, not you know, it's not something that I can just be like, oh, well, you obviously just charge this much. But that is why I personally offer pricing mini sessions because I dive into their business and then give them some sort of structure. So it's kind of hard to just be like, oh yeah, this is what everyone should do. So like I was saying, be expensive, raise your prices, and then just have a sale if you
0: feel that you know people aren't booking. I like that idea because I feel like if someone is reaching out or looking at this photographer, maybe that's outside of their budget, they'll say, okay, you know, like they'll most likely continue to follow you. And then when they see that sale, they're going to jump on it because they've been following you and maybe contemplating whether or not they should invest in your, you know, photography session. And then when they see that sale, they're going to go after it. Right. That's exactly what's happening
1: currently. I've run a, like a new year sale and a Christmas and July sale. That's pretty much it for my photography companies. So they watch and watch and watch and watch. And when I have a sale, like all of my brides know how expensive I am. So they're like, hey, my wedding photographer is having a sale. Like I didn't get this sale. (laughs) So like you should jump on this and pay this amount. And they love it. I always think it's a good idea. And it doesn't even have to be something where you're marketing and promoting it. You don't have to say, oh, 25% off or this much off or whatever. You can just, when you get an inquiry, you have them on the phone. And you can say, oh, by the way, like I'm having a sale. If you book by this time, they're not going to go look for the Instagram post that says it in order to validate it. You said it out of your mouth to them. So that's good enough. And they're like, they might, they're already considering. So if you got to that point, I'm not saying you should do it all the time. But if you're on the phone and they're a little skeptical about price, like, OK, well, maybe we can fit in our budget. Oh, OK. I mean that. And I am having a sale. If you book by the 15th of whatever month or whatever, oh my God, really great. Let me go ahead and talk to my parents and like rush, you know, they start making things move if they were already really considering and then you're having a sale. So if you're more expensive, you can do that. If you're just barely making the minimum of what you need, then you're going to feel upset when you're going to this wedding.
0: Yeah, I think that's a lot of lot of good points to think about. I know a lot of photographers just struggle so much with pricing, but looking at it, how you've explained it, where start at that higher price point and have a sale, (laughs) I think is a really good idea.
1: I mean, it makes people value things always. Like if you go in the store and something's a thousand dollars, and then you come back into the store and it's thirty percent off, so it's only seven hundred. Like, yo, I got this thousand dollar thing for seven hundred dollars. Like it's deal, as opposed to it just being $700 every time you go in there. And if you have a sale on $700, you're like, "Ugh, I sold it for five.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Why did you do that to yourself? Don't do that. Exactly. I feel like a lot of photographers also just undervalue their time and their talent. And I do think a lot of photographers need to be charging more than what they're charging.
1: Yeah, no, a hundred percent. That's pretty much always the case when someone comes to me. And I'm just always mind blown with how little they're charging. And they're the incredible photographers. And they're just like, yeah, but but so and so and so and so. And I'm like, ah, I don't care what they're doing. You need to do what you need to do, period. And like, maybe so and so is at 3,000, but if you started at four, you would attract more and better clients. You worried about what they're doing. It's a yeah. bad idea.
0: <laughs> it is. <laughs> so, if our listeners want to find you on social media and also check out some of the things that you mentioned, your phone scripts and pricing, I know you do like, you've mentioned like one on ones. Where can they find all of that?
1: So, I am always in my Facebook group called the M. Harris Hustlers. So, it's a wedding and Boudoir education. I don't really teach too much on Boudoir, but I allow a space for people to put pictures and things like that in there because that is something else that I do. So I'm always there and then on Instagram at mharris underscore studios and then my website for education is mharrishustlers.com.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. I really
0: appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Find Your Focus Podcast with Shootproof. Make sure to visit shootproof.com backslash podcast for the show notes and any links that we talked about today during this episode. If you love this episode, head over to Apple podcasts and hit that five-star button. If you ever have feedback or questions for us, feel free to reach out at podcast at shootproof.com.